Anyway, welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. Hi, Esther. Hello, Holly. How are you? It's been the longest day in history. I know. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I made Esther reschedule the recording because of some stuff that was going on in my house. And that means that it is now 1130 where she is. And she's been working literally all day, day. including all evening. Well, and I woke up at 4 a.m. because my body was like, because it's awake. It's like the first day that I've had like in the office alone in probably months without traveling. I was so excited. So I got, I, I like packed a little go bag to do yoga at work. And I did you get it done? Did yeah, you have time? I did yoga and then I did like Patreon, like re- oh handwriting stuff, and did the episode that we just uploaded for today. And so, yay! Very yeah. productive. So what a good morning! Day. But still, four a.m. to eleven p.m. is yeah. pretty rocky. <laughs> we'll take it so easy it's on fine. you, Esther. It's fine. I'm not going to require any strong I opinions. Have, Spoiler I, alert: that's many strong true. opinions are necessary in this. Based episode. on our second question, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have my mini coffee here, so I'm fine. I'm cool. Mini coffee, yeah, and I. Find Finally, feel like it's fall, not yes. because of temperature. I mean, it's still going to be ninety where I live today, but <laughs> it was cold overnight, and the trees are all changing, oh. and the darkness. Yes, the darkness Esther. is the most important part of this whole equation. I know. <laughs> I know. I feel like at first I was doing that thing, which I think that all of us raised in capitalism do, where we try to resist how tired we start. Oh feeling. yeah. In September, like after the equinox, we're just like. Why am I so tired? Yeah. Oh my god! And it's like, no, it's because the whole natural world is slowing down. Yeah, <laughs> let yourself feel those feelings. It's the exactly. only way to get through it. Do a little. So if you're feeling slumber. that, yeah, if you're feeling that, I was telling my friend Bree the other day, like, you can feel more tired. Yeah, maybe just like I. What I try to do is I try to just like not let my ADHD brain mm-hmm. spiral me in hyperfixations that yeah. aren't useful uh-huh. like I know that that's not something that I can control but I right. try to like give myself more grace about like okay ju- you didn't accomplish everything you wanted to do today but your body still needs to rest because it's yes. dark it's cold it's time and just sort of like releasing the pressure of like still yeah. trying to go full-blown all the time uh-huh and <laughs> I nice. have a bone to pick with you because with me. I, the list that you gave of romances, I've read at least two so far and I'm still going and I, we got a comment on our Instagram from somebody that was like, how did I get into this weird milking farm book? Why did I like that so much? So the, like, it's a mystery of the world. The thing that made me so excited about the milking farm book is that when she goes to the actual like place itself, her company, her job, her job. They, um, she talks about a tiefling and tiefling is something in D and D it's a kind of like, it's a type of people like a, like a, oh fun and I was like, so is this a D and D place? Like, yeah. based, like, thing? like did the I see universe. something? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. I love some like modern pop culture, mythical figures, exactly. making appearances in other media. That's I know. So, cool. so I was like, so I, I was just, just didn't know. I was like, is this going to be like a. D&D based sort of book is that where it kind of came from <laughs> or tieflings outside of D&D I've never heard of tiefling outside of D&D but maybe it is I don't know so anyway it got I don't me know excited. I didn't even notice it wasn't yeah. a word that I recognized yeah so I they're, basically like, bl- they're basically like they're basically like basically the ice barbarian planet people okay that's yes, basically yes, what yes, they yes. are the but Sakui. shorter yeah that's okay. Sakui's, but oh, shorter. short Sakui interesting 
They yeah. still have horns and tails? Yeah, horns and ta- tails. I think they have tails. Yeah, but they definitely like are different colors. You can be like hot pink or neon green. Oh, or that's blue. so fun. And horns definitely there. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I've seen fan art of that sort probably, of creature before. Yeah. yeah, probably. Cool. Yeah. I love it. It's all the same universe. Exactly. I was trying to figure out yesterday as Nathan was watching NCIS, which yes, he still does watch, if NCIS and Criminal Minds are in the same universe. Oh, it was not easily Googleable, and every single thing that I found was basically like, um, here are all the other NCIS shows that are oh, in the same universe no. as yeah. NCIS. They're like, did you know that Jag is in the same universe as NCIS? And I was like, it has Mark Harmon in both. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> if you want to hear me and Esther rant about crime shows, I think one of our recent Charmed episodes, we have like I think the one that's coming bit. out tomorrow <laughs> is literally the, the one that we rant like full length. I think we've like... Like pe- probably like ten bit. minutes yeah, of I think so. us talking about crime procedural shows. <laughs> oh, speaking of, but we need to figure out if we can per- do the uh, Charmed Live with us. Yeah, I don't know. We were thinking that we might want to do the series. No, not series. Season finale. Wouldn't that be wild yeah, if we just skipped straight skip to the, straight to, like, to the, the last, last episode, episode ever? <laughs> Um, we were thinking about doing the season episode for season one of the original Charmed via some sort of streaming for our Patreon. So probably on Patreon, because I think that they have a watch it. Yeah. Watch it with us function now. Yeah. So we'll work out the details. But if you're a Patreon supporter, keep an eye on your email about that, because I think that'd be really fun. So yeah. kind of a live stream where we watch the season finale of Charm together. We say goodbye to dear Andy, uh, <laughs> who we have grown so many complicated feelings towards over the course of the last 21 episodes That was episodes a very polite way to say that. <laughs> so yeah. I think we started by being like, oh, well, that guy looks like everybody else in the world. And uh-huh. then we went through slight periods of like, what the hell? We love him so much. And then ultimately. Yeah. What like we know that this guy is gonna be gone. On the first episode, we spoiled for ourselves that he yeah, only yeah, lasted like, one season. Yeah. So I've been just waiting for it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So we'll let you know <sighs> as those details come, but just wanted to put it out in the ether. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that'd be super fun. It'll super probably fun. be a Friday night or a Saturday night, mm-hmm. uh, just because of time zone differences. Yeah. We all we have tried doing like lives together a thousand times, but the it just really really is hard with the whole korea and california time difference (laughs) exactly it's like i even think if it were 12 hours of difference it'd be a Mm -hmm. little bit easier but 16 is hard it's a little bit more it's (laughs) she's thick like it's a thick time difference quite a bit of time difference (laughs) anyway so keep an eye out for that we're really excited about it yeah I guess we're just in a punchy mood since yeah. it's later for both of us than usual. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> let me get to our outline because I'm sure that I'm car of the day today. Yeah, you're car of the day today. Okay. I haven't I, even chosen a deck I want to use. I'm starting off with This Might Hurt Tarot, <laughs> so we'll see how this treats us this episode. We should review that next week. Yeah, we should. Oh, wait, I, we weren't because it wasn't available, but she yes. did say October on her website. Yes, yes, yes. So it's okay. coming soon, This Might Hurt Tarot review. We, are tra- we, we usually try to line it up with when it's going to be back in production or back in stock. Right. Cause we don't yeah, want to do exactly. a deck and it's like, leave y'all hanging and then have to remember this deck 
you know, three months from now when they restock. So, or be like, oh my God, I love this deck so much. It's not available ever. Yeah. Ever yeah, again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Five, six, seven from this might hurt. Please don't hurt us. Three, four, five, six, seven. Justice. Ooh. All right. Okay. I can deal with that. I think we got justice a few weeks ago. So I think that it's asking us to be fair and balanced. Fair and for balanced. Question two. Well, we'll see. Or cut through all the bullshit for question two. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dear Holly and Esther, I love y'all's podcast immensely and wanted to send in a question. Adulting happened. I ended up only having two close friends and one of them is in Taiwan now. Oh, it's on my side of the world. Hey. <laughs> I've been a little sad considering my last large friends group never treated me how I felt I should have been treated and took distance from them. So my questions for the cards are, how can I avoid falling into bad friendship? Will I find new people soon? Or do I still have to learn more lessons about toxic friendships? Thanks in advance. Okay. <laughs> Nobody has to learn lessons about toxic friendships. Yeah, you don't need we to experience don't deserve them. that as a, <laughs> le as a lesson learned. Yes. yes. You don't need to put yourself through a toxic friendship to learn about it. You can watch from afar and learn or just <laughs> trust us to just not do it. So Yeah. So, yes. But it's good that you've realized the toxicity and created distance. I think that that's really, really like the only thing you can be in charge of. Yeah. But assuming that other friendships will be toxic ahead of time is only making it harder to be open to new friendships. Yeah. So much easier said than done. But still. totally, especially as adults in the pandemic and you can't go out and you can't meet anybody new unless right. you're online and the people are creepy online. So why go out online or go outside at all? My sister just had like a friend meet up with one of our second cousin's best friends from childhood because they live in the same city. Oh and she's like so excited about it. Like I get to see him today. This is going to be so fun. <laughs> and he like, so they live in the same town. His girlfriend lives in a totally different town. So at uh -huh. my second cousin's wedding, she was like trying to, you know, make sure that she knew that oh, right. Katie wasn't like interested in right, this right, friend right, right, like right. it was just truly like i need a friend <laughs> this is but this is like some downright jane austen shit going on like oh i yeah. have somebody's cousin that you could be friends with or right, you know exactly you know be betrothed to i'm not saying and that my family obviously. is not that big on that side yeah like we don't have that many <laughs> but we do go far distances like that's the same side of the family where every christmas we have a big Christmas party and some of the people who are there are literally my fourth cousins once removed and I still consider them my cousins. Oh my god. But like okay. my one of my great aunts cares enough about genealogy to know specifically, oh, specifically. that oh. my fourth cousin once removed wife is one of the most amazing, hilarious, beautiful people in the whole oh, world. Oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, yes, we're cousins, kind of. Like yeah. so, so distantly related. Yeah. But yeah. we see each other more than I see other actual <laughs> first cousins. So I think it counts. Bless you. Oh, five? Four. It was okay. I think there's another one coming, so technically five. <laughs> so many sneezes. <laughs> it's that time. Anyway, of year. so, but yeah, adult friendship is hard and difficult and strange. And everyone's at like different places in their life in terms totally. of like availability or even uh -huh. financial capabilities yep. of like going out, all that sort of thing. Yeah. It's just easier when you're like forced into recess with people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So first question is avoid falling into bad friendships. 
Right. So I think maybe just dealing with one piece at a time. So let's deal with that first. Do you, well, do you think that maybe reordering them slightly would be helpful and talking about it in terms of the new people that she'll meet, like do a timing question Ta- first. Uh-huh, for course. Uh-huh. Like, will she find new people soon? And then how to avoid fa- having that fall into bad friendship patterns might be like, yeah. a helpful thing to move on from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I a... think that being aware of how bad friendships can be is probably mm-hmm. a good first step and like yeah. avoiding falling into it again. So maybe yeah, yeah, framing yeah. it from like the next group of people might be helpful. Yeah, that's fine. Should we pull out the timing expansion from Memento Mori? I oh, if right you want here. to. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was looking at Lenny Dex, so it's a timing Oh, maybe we should do both and we can see if they match. <laughs> oh, geez. Don't put that pressure on us. On the podcast. I know, that's true. What I am mean, I talking last about? Last episode, we did draw, I did draw the three of swords and the five of wands two, twice. 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 That was wild. All right. So, yeah. We we can all pull from here and you pull Lenormand. And then if it doesn't work, we'll just cut the whole thing out. Okay. <laughs> Let's cut the whole thing out. Okay. I'm using Yuletide Lenormand in case. Oh, this- my God. What a great idea. We got that like in February we of last did. year, we so I haven't so even looked at ago. it. <laughs> but we haven't been able to use it because it's not seasonal, but it was the closest Lenormand deck to my personal body. So I loved the art on that. Yeah. I'm so excited. And the creator, for... I think, has a different Lenormand deck coming out soon, I want to say. Oh, cool. Yeah, who's so, the creator for that? Uh, Art by Faina, F-A-I-N-A. I think that's their same Insta handle, too. But they yeah. have like a, di- I think it's a folklore, like a, like a folklore from like Norwegian folklore, maybe? Well, she's Russian. Russian so probably... folklore, maybe. Because it had like a cool. Baba Yaga house or something. And like Krampus and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's like, it's Christmassy or not really Christmassy. It's Yuletide. 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 Okay, that's a great drag name. It is a great drag name. You can have it. Thank you. <laughs> And welcome to the stage, Yule Titties. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yule Titty, whatever. I don't know. I feel like a second it's, word is needed. What goes with Yule Tide? Joy? Yule Tide? Yule Titty Joys? <laughs> Esther Joy? Yule Titty Joy? <laughs> what could go wrong? Nothing. Right, absolutely so nothing. Okay. So timing, timing of well. friendships when, coming. Yes. When Marie will have friendship come to her. Okay. What did you get? I got March and August. So I think between like next summer is when new friendship will come into your life. Okay. I got um, birds in Lenormand, which means 12. So it could be like any number of 12s, like 12 days, 12 weeks, 12 months, or on the day of 12. I like that because next August is 11 months from now. So it's basically saying within the next year, probably next summer, you'll Mm -hmm. have friendship come into your life. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Go team. That's exciting. Yes. I think March and August also makes a lot of, I mean, God, nobody wants to maybe like guess when the pandemic will be over, but yeah, it's kind of like be open in March just for things to start. And then for in August for things to really become serious between your friendships and stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Somebody, maybe you'll meet them in March and then yeah. after 12 months, just don't put like any pressure on everyone you meet in March, please. <laughs> or do really this be, is like go Rachel on thing. it. Yeah. <laughs> go be fully Rachel. like we're becoming friends. And then if something goes wrong, you'll know faster. Yeah, it is true. This is true. <laughs> Okay, but to it. answer the second part of the question, how can you avoid falling into bed, 
bad friendship habits, basically, with these people that you're meeting next year. Okay. Okay. I'm going to keep using Lenormand. So. Okay. I love it. Look at us so dynamic. Do you remember when we had, like, barely even heard of Lenormand? I oh, know. Ugh. We've come so the far. The good old days. <laughs> no. <laughs> Lenormand is such a huge part of your practice that I'm glad that we didn't, that it's not the good old days. It's true. Oh, Okay. All right. What did you get? Okay. So uh, birds came out again, which was interesting to me. So birds, to me, birds is like the stress and kind of anxiety that kind of comes out and rider in this deck Mm -hmm. and then snake. So to me, it's kind of like be wary of messages and don't worry if something doesn't come right away or especially like over text communication, like don't overthink it, don't overstress it. It nothing yeah. nefarious is going on. It's just the messenger aspect of things. So that's cool. avoiding the pitfall. Yeah. And I got the King of Wands and the Princess of Chalices. I'm using um, Star Spinner Tarot, which we mm-hmm. still need to review. Yeah. But, so that's the Page of Cups. Uh, and I think that that is kind of in the situation where you might be second guessing things or being a little bit anxious, remembering that you've like been through everything before mm-hmm. you have sort of this like strength of character with that King. And that this is more about like opening up some of that vulnerability emotionally again. So mm-hmm. remembering that, you know what to do if things go poorly, but that you have to be a little bit more vulnerable emotionally to let people in. Yeah. So try not to overthink it all. And remember that you have the skill set if needed to end a relationship if you have to, mm-hmm. but that there's also that component of needing to be able to let people see you in order to create those friendships. Yeah. I like it. Super cool. So do we want to talk about more lessons from toxic friendships or just leave it at that? Um, I don't think that you need to learn more lessons. About yeah. I think, I, I think, think you're, you're aware of what can happen with toxic friendships and in avoiding these pitfalls, hopefully that will set you up for better non-toxic friendships in the future. Yeah, exactly. Good luck, Marie. Yes. Good luck. And yes, adult friendships, man. <laughs> I guess I bet that there's like a component of it and maybe this isn't true in the pandemic but yeah I feel like as an adult making friends it can be really hard and then when people choose if and when people choose to have children mm-hmm. they sort of get opened up to a huge group of other parents yeah that they can be friends with but I do know that some of our friends with kids have talked about how stressful that has been in the last year and a half because of uh-huh. how many people are like not aligning with safety measures right? and how right. that's like an additional component. It doesn't really matter if your kid likes their kid. Sometimes uh-huh. it's like not safe to be friends with them. Still. Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard and yeah. strange, especially as somebody without kids. You're like, yeah. I was, not- I, I was um, reading the other day, like parents asking about like, you know, masks or COVID to other parents is basically like asking what the other parent does with guns in their house. Like that's yeah. like the new way of saying like, Hey, what's your policy on this? Uh, sort Which of is thing. also important. I mean, yeah. All of it is so important. Both things accident uh-huh. a way for a child to accidentally mm-hmm. injure another child. Yeah. Very valid. Guns in the house, man. All Jeez. right. So our second question is from Yolanda. I'm so she says, not necessarily a tarot question, but you mentioned in another episode that Wicca, or rather the term, is very problematic and that you prefer the term pagan. Correct me if I'm wrong. Why is that? I couldn't find anything anywhere online. Thank you so much for all your insight. 
And that's the end of the question. So, first of all, <laughs> no, I think this is a really good question because we talk about a lot how we're not Wiccan. I think we've talked mostly on Patreon. Patreon, probably, especially. Yeah. yeah. Get a little bit more ranty on Patreon. <laughs> um, but I am going to start off by saying that if you are a Wiccan, that is so totally fine with me. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with Wiccans in general. I have a problem with organized religion in general, though, mm-hmm. and Wicca is an organized religion. I think with organized religions, there's a lot of opportunity for abuse. And Mm -hmm. I think especially because people who are drawn to the organized side of religion sometimes come from backgrounds Mm -hmm. where there was abuse within a more mainstream organized Mm -hmm. religion. So they can fall into similar mind control and like abusive coercion Mm -hmm. that other organized religions have. So some examples in Wicca and Wicca are that there's a big emphasis on like the male and the female and Mm -hmm. like the horned God and goddess and all of that stuff. And in some Wiccan sub communities, there's a lot of sex magic that happens. And in the seventies and eighties, it occasionally, this is not like a satanic panic thing. This is unrelated to the satanic panic, but in actuality, there Mm -hmm. are some people who have taken that really far and made people feel super unsafe in their communities all out of this idea of, feeling more connected to the God and goddess of like nudity, sky clad rituals, all of that stuff. As somebody who personally loves to be naked, I have no problem with sky clad rituals. Even Mm -hmm. I do have a problem. However, when there is ever like a primary source of information that people have to suck up to basically to Mm -hmm. have access to. And to me that goes against a lot of like magic and Mm -hmm. like, non-traditional spiritual paths is that I have always really, even within Christianity, really loved the idea of us being able to be self-searchers without it having to be coming from on high in any way, shape, or form. And the other thing to remember about Wicca is that it was created in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not like they, it's, we talk about this in the book so much. I cannot wait for you all to read it, (laughs) but in the, well, like in the pantheon of fake lore, mm-hmm. Wicca is high up there. Yeah, yeah. Like Wicca yeah. drew from every single existing spiritual community outside of, well, actually, no, period. Every yeah. existing spiritual community, organized, not organized, pre colonial, whatever, took what they wanted mm-hmm. and made it into a formulaic for mm-hmm. like s- structure. Yeah. And this was happening in like the. Between the 20s and the 60s. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It just feels like if you want to feel connected to the old ways, there are ways to do that through your there own There are older ways in Wiccan. So yeah, exactly. Wicca is not the old ways. Yeah. Wicca is some, gu- some British guy in the 20th century being like, let's get all these teen girls nude, basically. Yeah. And I yeah. know that makes me sound like such a conspiracy theorist, but it's actually no, literally it's, true. It's it's documented fact right. about... And the community knows that there are abusers in the midst. And just like the Catholic Church, just like the Baptist yeah. churches, they turn a blind eye in the name of, oh, this is our great leader. Right. They either they know something either they know more than we know, or their good outweighs their bad mm-hmm. so significantly we wouldn't want to ruin his life, which I think is something right. that just enrages both of us so much. And it's not something that's stuck in the 80s or 90s it's stuff that's still happening today and when people have come out with their own stories they've been 
like harassed online they've been doxxed online and basically yeah. like chased off with pitchforks because they've shared their stories and this has been in the past two years three years right right it's not something that like happened at the beginning and doesn't happen anymore right and i also think a component that we need to be mindful of is that it also require i mean if you know some tiny old lady in your hometown who calls herself wiccan and does like you know, bonfire full moon parties or whatever. And I'm speaking directly from personal experience. That's fine because that environment feel, if that environment feels safe to you, obviously keep doing it. Mm -hmm. It's completely fine. The problem is just that in the organizational structure, there's always going to be space for abuse. And Mm -hmm. that is why overall, I think that Wicca can be really dangerous. Right. And like from a, I guess gendered perspective too, like the the person who's often attributed as the founder Gardner from Gardnerian Wiccanism, like his whole thing where it was these sex rituals where it was him as the representation of the God mm-hmm. and a woman as the representation of the goddess for these fertility rights or whatever. But then as he got older, he kept selecting younger and younger goddesses, Mm -hmm. which then brings the power imbalance from being these two equal gods and goddesses, which I think is part of the original tenets of Wicca. Like Mm -hmm. look at these two powerful equal gods and goddesses to literally just being kind of pedophilic. Like this guy liked sleeping with teenage girls and then the power imbalance is all off and it makes the male God more powerful than Mm -hmm. the female God when you're representing it that way, which then how is that better than any other sort of patriarchal, religion Mm -hmm. with a male head god yeah yeah and that's not just i'm not just talking about only christianity because like you know hellenistic polytheism does the same thing with Uh Zeus. like right there's just if we're trying to get away from this very gendered idea of both Uh the dual nature of gender there are male and female things Uh uh-huh and also that men have more power then Wiccanism is not the thing to do that because they both do a binary gender Mm -hmm. like crazy and also in a lot of situations, put the horned God above the goddess in terms of importance. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm always like, well, who decided this was the way to do things? Like, you know, like where a lot, like even as I'm making this Oracle deck, you know, like in looking at the herbs and their associations, well, who is so-and-so to decide these associations? You know, I can understand like there are some things where traditionally like even older than Wiccanism and things like that, they have like certain understandings of how the herb is used and things like mm-hmm. that. But who kind of nominated, you know, you know, Gardiner Scott or who Cunningham. kind of, you know, or Scott Cunningham or, you know, and any of these other no people. No to Scott Cunningham no, because I like his fine. I like his too. book. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's just like who voted them king of blah, blah, blah. And why right. isn't a female? Because so much of the text is still so written by men, written by men. And here's the thing. I think what it ultimately boils down to in this area for me is that if we tell each other that we can't criticize mm-hmm. a religious organization that impacts our community, that is exactly what mm-hmm. Christianity. That's exactly what literal actual cults, mm-hmm. everything about being told to not question something mm-hmm. is to me antithetical about what drew me to witchiness to begin with. Right. And like, I know that there's kind of a backlash against people who don't like Wicca because the idea of like just aesthetic witches and like TikTok witches mm-hmm. not actually having any substance and not actually ever being trained. Like, we're not saying organiza- organized witchcraft is bad. I'm no. saying specifically Wicca has bad traits. Yes. And with any religious organization, whether it's, you know, 
paganism or not, it's really important for us to keep a critical eye on it because we don't want to be part of a problem. Yeah. And then also more importantly is that Wicca is just not that accurate for a lot of us. Like for neither of us, we're not following Wicca. We are pagans. Uh Uh-huh. And we do witchy things, witchcraft, whatever mm-hmm. you, however you feel comfortable with framing it. Um, but all of those things are not within this structure, right, of Wicca. So yeah. for us, when we say, "Oh, we're not Wiccan, we're pagan," that's just like an actual practical fact. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like we're yeah. Just not Wicca. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but like I said, if you have only had really positive experiences with it, you still should research the negative Mm -hmm. stuff because it's not a good idea to go into any organized situation just assuming only the best but at the same time if you feel like it works really well for you and you're not doing it at like a large scale it's just you and your own or whatever freaking go for it right only thing that i would also say is that the side effect of it being new it being created by you know white english men in the 20th century (laughs) is that they did a lot of adopting things from mm-hmm. closed spiritual practices of other groups of people. And so if you are taking part in those things and somebody says, oh, well, actually, that's part of a closed practice, like, like, please be respectful of that, whatever. And it is something that you say, oh, well, it's part of Wiccanism, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. That Saying it's part of the Wicca experience, so it excuses the misappropriation of different closed practices that doesn't actually do anything because Wicca is not that old. So there yeah. are some things that are like, I think a really good example, maybe although this is questionably closed would be any sort of prayer beads. Oh yeah. Because some religious communities have prayer beads that they have a really specific name, a really specific ritual, a really specific purpose for uh-huh. that might be closed. I don't think that like, I'm, I know that sometimes it'll go through social media that malas are a closed practice, but mm-hmm. I think that most Buddhists you talk to would be like, no, it's really yeah. not. Yeah. Um, but if you think about prayer beads holistically around mm-hmm. the world, almost every single culture has some kind of yes. prayer bead. Yeah. So that means that you might not be participating in the same way that somebody within a closed practice doing it is, but it still can be part of your practice. Mm-hmm. Obviously this is part of a way larger conversation, but if somebody said, Oh, you can't be using that because it's part of my closed practice. Mm-hmm. It's really sacred to me and people in my community. And then you say, Oh, well, it's part of the wicked tradition too. Right. Then that is not being a, a bit dismissive. Argument. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think kind of maybe a better example would also be like smoke cleansing. Smoke yeah. cleansing is something that cultures all over the world do. Smudging specifically is the term that we use for indigenous North Americans and some mm-hmm. specific tribes. We pop culturally think about it as being white sage specifically, which is also not even accurate for Mm -hmm. all North American indigenous people. Um, But smoke cleansing in general is something that a lot of people do. So researching that topic and figuring out what works for you and your own Mm -hmm. background and your own abilities and access and all of that is like the important thing. So rather than just saying, Oh, this is what I was told to do in a book about Wiccanism Mm -hmm. or about Wicca in general, think about doing the research on your own to actually figure out like how it can slot into your practice in an ethical way. Yeah. So I think basically two issues with Wicca. One is organized religion always has room for abuse. And secondly Mm. is since it's so new and was just made as this modge podge of other beliefs, Mm -hmm. it's really easy to do stuff that isn't for you. Yeah. You're just following Wicca. I think especially as 
because Wicca is kind of like the first thing that people see when they come into their own yeah. path. It's, it's really enticing. It's it's yeah. really enticing to kind of grab that box that has like a one size fits all kit. Like, yeah. oh, this has everything here's in what it. You do exactly. Yeah. This is like here's the structure and the rules, especially coming from like Christianity, where there are structures and rules, and you're used and comfortable to that. Yeah. But like, especially because we've read the text, we know the texts. There are so many better things that predate Wiccan. Like beliefs and Wiccanism in general, like all of that stuff that they like gleaned their beliefs from beforehand. Like I just think of like all the texts from Scottish witch, Scottish, Scottish and witches and stuff of like that, that. Stuff is also. I mean, here's the other thing: is that some of that stuff is complete fake lore too. But yeah. a lot of stuff that's passed down from person to person has, mm-hmm. in the last, I think, like probably. In the last 40 years, really, but especially the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. I think that publishers are aware of that. And they're really they really are asking for actual practitioners to write about them. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So if you can find a book about magic that's written by a practitioner of that magic, then that's Uh going to be kind of the best way to go. Yeah. Um, Because there is so much information. But I think that's part of the thing, too, is that you can't just like it's not a good idea in any sort of religious practice to just go with the first book you pick up and say this is right and everything else Mm -hmm. is wrong. And I think we've talked about this a thousand times on the podcast, but finding ways to feel what fits with you Mm -hmm. is such an important step. So that might be Wicca initially, and then you need to do more research about it and figure out if you're comfortable with it and disregard stuff that's not okay for you ethically Mm -hmm. or morally and maybe find other ways to practice that don't just incorporate you learning from a specific teacher that is Wiccan. Um, so I don't know. Apparently yeah. we have a lot of feelings about it, but th- we're not saying that it's holistically bad. We're saying we're not Wiccans right. and there are things that are worth of being critical about. Yeah. About yeah. Wicca. Yeah. And because like for me, I, my path has been like, I've just labeled myself as a folk witch because my, a lot of my practice has to do with my local area and the work here. Yeah. I'm not like, you know, trying to get lots of different practices from other places or trying to like make sure that I stay, you know, like, Tennessee American in my practice because that's not my reality anymore. My reality is where I am here. And so that's why I've kind of like, you know, adopted the moniker of like folk witch because also, yeah, because folk witch is kind of like a good catch all because it does focus so much on like, like, I don't know. In some ways, sustainability practices. Yeah, sustainability, like local, nature. Yeah, yeah. That's totally like, where I'm at. So you're trying to like locally sourced in some way, yeah. and I think that's also like something that you can be not you, not yeah, Esther, yeah. because I know that you do this ethically. But um, if you're like in a place that you're not from, meet people from that area and mm-hmm. talk to them about their magical practices yeah. and learn from them. It's like. It's so cool to be able to do something that feels like very land based. And Mm -hmm. I think that's sort of where folk witchcraft comes into play. It's like your own personal land almost in Mm -hmm. some ways and utilizing that. Yeah. And there's some people that are like weather focused or, you know, other natural aspects focused. I think that is the one thing that Wicca has done really well is kind of like give those boundaries and elemental stuff like those like here's resources for herbalism if you're into that here's resources for like candle making if you're into that like it gives like it does allow for one place for like a library of sorts yeah if you're interested in something for you to go after that but at the same time 
just as a religious group of people, it's just not our thing. So Right. Well, and also as you're using those resources, thinking critically about where they came from, mm-hmm. if you can, like I really like candle stuff. Where did the candle stuff come from? Some of it's so intuitive, like, you know, green candles being related to money or yeah. whatever. But some of it is going to be something that you might want to do some research into where that sort of idea came from. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. It's just something to think about. Totally. <laughs> Well, apparently we had a lot of feelings. So many feelings. Unsurpri- Unsurprising. Exactly. Unsurprising. <laughs> <laughs> Fix signs. Yeah. And we talk, actually, one of the things that I find the most interesting about, or not the most interesting, because our book is filled with awesome stuff. But one of my favorite things about the Pagan Otherworlds, no, about the Druidcraft Tarot, <laughs> uh, is that the Druid movement was like a direct reaction to the beginning of climate change. Yeah, yeah. And that does a lot. I mean, as much as I love Druid, the idea of Druids and all uh-huh. that sort of like Celtic magic stuff, a lot of that was also just sort of like, piecemealed together from granny magic within uh-huh. those regions and like historical mythology yeah. to create the sort of like Druid movement. But any of the Druids who existed in the iron age are not related. What they did is not necessarily related to people who call themselves Druids mm-hmm. now as much as modern Druids would like it to be. Yeah. And I think that when you go into it, knowing that uh-huh. knowing that there's actually no through period and then yeah. kind of inspiration, to me, that makes it even more appealing. Like, mm-hmm, exactly. To, look at how creative they are that they, you know, really liked this idea and that they've created a method of interacting with the world around them to mm-hmm. uphold some of those ideas. Exactly. Yeah. That's, it's it's fine to for do me, something. Yeah. Pretty for modern. me, it's just like, just own it. Just be like, yeah, we created this fucking cool system. We did yeah. it ourselves. And right. we're, we're going to be equals and like, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to like all the fake lore behind it. It just doesn't right. make And sense. with the Druids, especially, they're like, we need to care more about the earth. So we created a whole entire pagan yeah. system related to how we can protect the earth more. Just like the Great. satanic, the satanic temple was created to keep, you know, the Christians in check in the U S it's totally fine. Right. It, it exactly. works. Exactly. <laughs> just be aware of it. And don't, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't become more important if you claim that it's older. Yeah. We don't need to like, beat Christianity and age in order to be a valid <laughs> religious expression. Yeah, exactly. We don't need to be like, yeah, we're like so prehistoric, man. Like, no, you can just, and then there is stuff like, you know, old fertility figures yeah. and maybe you want replications of those in your house because you like the imagery of the goddess that yeah. they portray or whatever. It's just such a, I mean, this could be like an entire other separate podcast. This is true. All of our thoughts about this, but that's our 25 minute, <laughs> Wicca apologist, <laughs> not apologist. What is it when you're criticizing? Apots, apostates, apostates? Wiccan apostates, <laughs> sort of, maybe. Why am I even trying to use Christian language? I'm just thinking, it. like, why are we using big words before a certain time of a day? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now it's after midnight for Esther, so we should probably move on to our Patreon shout-outs. Yay, Patreon! <laughs> oh, woohoo! So again, if you would like to hear us talk about Charmed or watch our live stream Charmed finale, We have at least 20 episodes of Charmed. Alone. And that's in addition to everything else we've done. Everything else, like years. all of the other bonus episodes for three years, documents we've shared, like your Over planner three thing. three years. Gosh. Whoa. Because you know what? We just, we renumbered for our outlines, uh-huh. our uh, episode number to incorporate what it looks like on Podbean. And we have released 171 episodes of wildly tarot alone yeah yeah. 
So that is three years of yeah. content. We've been doing this for a while. A while. A while. A while. Uh, but anyway, so Patreon shoutouts. I'll start with Jen. Okay. All right. So Jen, your card is the Seven of Wands. And Amanda, your card is the Ten of Wands. Oh, ho, ho, so <laughs> Good luck, Amanda. Homestead Hens, your card is the Empress. And Penny, your card is the Six of Wands. And lastly, Carmen, your card is, is the Sun. Aww. No naked baby on that side. No, either. yeah. You know, I like a sun like that. Yeah, exactly. No naked babies. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> what other announcements do we have? There's still time to pre-order our book. Yeah. We're starting to be like, like reviewed in various places. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Every single time I look at our book, I'm like, wow, this is really, really fun. Yeah. Filled with a lot yeah. of cool information. So we're so excited. Pre-ordered if you haven't already. It's super important for algorithmic reasons. Yes, yes, yes. Especially because we're a smaller publication. Like yeah. we're just a small book. <laughs> There are people who need pre-orders less than we do, um, but <laughs> pre-order our book, please. Yes, yes, yes. And you can find all the pre-order links if you go to wildlytarot.com. There's a banner right at the top of our homepage that has all of the different links to um, back us or to pre-order our book. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, you can just swipe to the next little page to read the show notes, and it's at the very bottom of the show notes. That functionality is not the same on Spotify, but oh. if you know if you listen to podcasts on Spotify, you know where to find the show notes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Spotify is a tricky one. Oh no, Spotify. What but this do? week we're talking about Neil Lovell again. Yes, I'm so excited. We oh. are reviewing the Tildwick second edition, which is by Neil Lovell of Malpertus Designs. We've talked about him before in a Lenormand episode. Yes. Um, and I cried in that uh-huh. episode because literally Neil's one of our favorite Joe. Yeah. Yeah. We just fell in love with this story. Yeah. Um, and so Neil passed away really unexpectedly in 2018. And when his brother went onto his Facebook page to announce that he had died, all of these people came out of the woodwork being like, oh, my God, he's such an amazing artist, all of this stuff. And that's when Joe kind of found out that Mm -hmm. Neil had this, like, incredibly devoted card following. So Mm -hmm. he made made tarot cards and Lenormand cards. um, And after we did the episode about him initially, Joe reached out to us. He sent us a whole bunch of decks, which was so sweet. So sweet. He told us more about his brother, which yeah. was also so sweet. I had projected a lot of my own trauma when we were talking about him, and I had assumed that he had died um, at his own hand. Uh-huh. And that's not actually the case. He had just kind of like a freak heart thing that yeah. was really unexpected. But he still was taken from his loved ones way too soon. Yeah. Um, and this deck was sort of like his tentpole deck in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Um, and people really, really, really loved it. So Joe brought it back this year and it's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. And there are two different little cards about Neil added to it. And so Mm -hmm. I just wanted to read those because I think that Joe's words about his brother are really, really sweet. Yes. And they both talk about him, about Neil in general, and then also about his, um, Deck creation process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Neil was born in 1971 and died in 2018. 
And uh, Joe starts out the card with a quote of the flame that burns twice as bright burns half as long, which is something that always makes me feel a little bit sad. Yeah. And then he says, that was definitely true for Neil, a gifted artist and scholar with a particular interest in languages and cultures. During a business trip to the Middle East, he amazed his boss by chatting almost fluently with taxi driver saying, I thought I should just learn a few words. This is just one of the stories of Neil's life that only came to light after his passing. He would delight everyone with his colorful stories from his travels, complete with accents, making the characters involved alive for the listener, Hmm. but rarely speaking of himself. And then the other card is about the design process. So the design elements of his research work slowly began to take over his work time. And he used these new skills to revisit tarot after first designing the Nijinsky while at Oxford as a distraction from his classic studies. So he was like a classical studies major. It would take over three years, but eventually his first proper tarot deck was created. The Tildwick tarot was an instant success and Neil soon found praise pouring in from the four corners of the world. It is in his memory that the second edition has been produced. I too have received so much support from all of you following Neil's sudden passing. And I would like to take this opportunity to say thank you. Gone, but not forgotten. So they love each other. I know. So sweet. really appreciate Joe doing this and Neil for... Having this kind of like legacy. It's just so cool. Yeah. And this deck is not at all what I was expecting. I mean, Uh I guess I didn't really know what to expect, but a lot of his art is so like simplified. Like Mm -hmm. it's really kind of graphic. And like uh, what the, the Tara or the um, Lenormand deck that we reviewed initially is like very, very two dimensional. And it feels like iconography on a Uh card. And this whole deck feels like every card is a tiny little universe. Yes. Yes every card is like has like a little portal to the next world like right. you're peering Especially in the almost court cards right yeah i have a lot to talk about with the court okay cards. okay okay but on the website on Mal- malpertus uh co or whatever their website is we'll put it in the show notes uh neil's words are still saved about it oh and it goes over a lot of the stuff that um that neil or that joe included in the cards but Neil says, I first became interested in in card design well over 20 years ago and quite early on entertained ambitions to design my own deck. My first soft soft attempt at a deck was the experimental Nijinsky Tarot, which which I designed in the mid-1990s. For various reasons, this deck was never published, but after some time, I decided to design another deck with a specific intention of getting it published. This was the deck which, after a long development, finally became the Tildewick Tarot. And a fuller account of the story behind the deck can be found here, which then goes to a dead link. Um, I published this deck as a limited edition in 2013. After a break, I decided that I'd enjoyed the whole experience of creating this deck so much that just one wasn't enough. I wanted to design more. And that's when he went into designing all of those other awesome decks that he did. Yeah. So I just like that sort of like passion. Yeah, he's such a cool, (laughs) he's such a cool person and to be so like, is it not proficient? Prolific. Prolific, thank you. The other P word. The prolific in his creations, like each one of them is so distinct and so different and also like extremely gorgeous and very like has his own personality. And I just am obsessed with all of them. Well, and if you think about this, if this came out in 2013, then he took a break and then he died in 2018. That Uh means in the last like four or five years of his life. He created like six more decks. Yeah. He he like seriously was banging them out like and they're all so different they're not like 
you know, there's some creators who do a deck that's like different, but the same kind of iteration, which is fine, which is fine. Total strategy. Right. Yeah. But But he, it doesn't even have like similar vibes. Like exactly. So layered and Mm multidimensional. The Norman deck that we talked about before is so iconographic. And then hold on. I'm reaching. Oh God. The one that I like the most is the Chelsea Lenormand, which okay, is yeah. really sort of like uh, art deco, kind mm-hmm. of stained glass in some ways. Yeah. So it's just really cool that he has he had such incredible skills. Yeah. So before we talk about the level of reader that it's appropriate for, I want to talk about the specs a little bit because this is a limited run. There's only 2,000 decks printed, period, mm-hmm. um, which was also the same as what they did with the originals. You may have seen, if you're in a lot of tarot Facebook groups, some people saying, oh, the second edition isn't as good as the first edition, blah, 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 blah. That's okay. The first edition is basically impossible to find. If you like this art, you should definitely get the second edition. It is, yeah. to me, still a really beautiful deck. Oh, yeah. There might be technical differences, but I certainly don't have the first uh-huh. the first edition. So I didn't notice anything wrong with the second yeah. edition at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I Sometimes I just think people are tarot snobs. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's a standard card size. It's a 350 GSM. And then there is, it's matte. Um, which is really nice. It feels super good in the hand. And then also there is brass edging. Yes, Esther. This is so perfect for autumn. I know. I was thinking that the whole, this is like better than any spooky deck that I've ever seen. It still feels a little bit spooky because because there's so many like shrouded faces and whatever. This is my secret garden dream deck. Absolutely. And the bronze edges, I know that we have strong opinions about metallic edges, but I don't know who, again, this is the second time we've said this in in like three weeks. Mm -hmm. I don't know who the printer was, but I think that they got the edging right. It doesn't feel sharp at all. It It doesn't doesn't feel flaky. It's not like sticking together at all. It's perfect. I was looking through this deck at my desk yesterday in the afternoon, and in the afternoon in my office, um, there's a lot of sun that streams in from inside of the window, and the deck was sitting on a pad of white paper, Uh and the bronze was reflecting across the entire pad of paper because of the sun coming in the window, and I have never felt more autumnal. Like, it's just so perfect. Where's my apple cider? I need to really lean into this. Like, I, like, I just am mesmerized by this specific color. Like, I think it's it's literally probably one of my favorite edges that I've ever, like, accepted into my It's what I wish my hair color was. Yes! Yes! (laughs) Can I just, like, roll up and then be like, hey, can I just, can you just give me this this gloss to my hair? (laughs) Can you foil my hair like this? Like, I just want yeah, to be like exactly. robot autumnal. It looks autumnal. like bangs. Yeah, exactly. Robot autumnal. <laughs> That's the vibe we're going for. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then it comes in like a really sturdy two-piece box. So it's kind of like a perfect yeah. packaging too. There's no booklet associated with it. So I think that now we can move on to the level of reader it's appropriate for. Mm-hmm. I think that this is probably a good deck for somebody who is pretty comfortable with tarot. At yeah. least with like the basic tenets of meanings because right. there I feel like I when I was going through it I have like so many huh cards because oh, they're not uh-huh. my favorites but I think that they're awesome and I want to talk about like the yeah. nuances for them so it's just like a really well thought out thoughtful deck mm-hmm. for tarot readers I have a theory I think this is based off of a tarot de marseille deck because especially the sword suit you have all the tarot de marseille oh swords so that's why I think that it's not specifically like 
based off of uh, Pixie's deck or something. It it's definitely not isn't to be. either because strength is is uh, fortitude is eleven. Right. And yeah. 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 Also, yeah. So they it's switched renamed. the strength and the what? What is justice? justice. That's why justice is our card of the day. It's like don't <laughs> yeah. forget me. <laughs> don't forget me. I'm justice. Yeah. So that's why I think it was possibly based off of a Terra de Marseille deck instead of it yeah. being like a pick like a what's Pixie's deck called? Right. 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 right, right there we go. Yeah, we wrote totally. a tarot book. Please buy our tarot book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's okay. It's late. So I do think that I maybe, I mean, this isn't, we're not really too here yet, but it was one of my ha cards. Mm-hmm. The sword, the suit of swords is something that I want to talk about because yeah. I loved his choice to not include actual literal swords yes. in the cards. He has like the tarot de Marseille, like Esther said, depiction of the curving swords mm-hmm. in the background and in the foreground. Like it's very obvious that it's a swords card. Right, right. But there aren't literally weapons. So it's mm-hmm. really much easier to get involved in the scene rather than having to like squeeze awkward amounts of literal swords right 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 yeah because it's like carved into brick or like whatever Mm -hmm. just all these beautiful swords and it's it's also like on the cup suit there's like structured cups places and things like that so it's just one of those things kind of like that's where my uh my educated guess is yeah I'm into it and then also all of the suits have slightly different tones so Mm -hmm. like the cup suit is slightly blue and green. The staves, which is the name for the for the wands, is really, really orange. And often, in some of them, has, like, other methods of depicting what a stave would be rather than having it be just, like, literally wands. Like a wand so just kind of sitting there. Paintbrushes or basically not, like, you know, the lines of a... Like, in the three of staves, it almost looks like the masts of the mm-hmm. ship are the staves. Yeah. And there's like a lot of the repetition of three throughout the card. So it's just really cool. And then the coins card is all a darker green and sort of like a tan. And then the uh, swords are all like a light tan and Mm -hmm. gray sort of thing. So there's all sorts of like different sort of thematic um, tonal specificity throughout the cards. So thoughtful. Yeah. So the name change, I already talked about this, but... Cups, staves, swords, and coins instead of a cup, wands, swords, and coins. Um, and then also instead of the Hierophant, we have the Pope. And then, of course, the renumbering of Fortitude and Justice. So Justice is card number eight. And Fortitude, which is the strength card, is card number 11. Um, I don't always totally love that just from like a transitioning through the Fool's Journey. Oh, right. Have. I don't. But I think that's just because I'm more used to Rider Wade Smith. But yeah. I still think that the cards themselves are beautiful and right. it's something that's easy enough to adjust to also. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, cultural stuff. The whole thing sort of feels like it's taking place in like a secret garden. There aren't yeah. a ton of human figures. There are the occasional like face behind some mist. <laughs> um, and all of them are, you know, probably old-ish white yeah. people. <laughs> Most of the time it's just like greek like statues statuary yeah exactly um and yeah do we have anything else we want to talk about how the car how the deck feels until we go through our favorites um i have any other any do i have any feeling feels i just think like it's just like every card is like a portal into a different room and that's what to expect when you get this deck it's like just really surprising and interesting and fascinating like you think you see the surface of one thing and then it's like oh this is a little deeper than i expected yeah totally 
I think the sword, the sword suit is also specifically like very, like shockingly interesting. Like I oh, could yeah. spend a lot of time with each, Seriously. With each swords card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it's like three so swords <laughs> cards here. <laughs> I know. I have two, three, and four in my, oh my hot God. pile because I wanted to talk about all of them. I have six, seven, and eight. So <laughs> I love six. Oh my gosh. Okay, let's talk about our favorites. So we both okay. really love the six of swords. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. cool. It's so cool. So cool is really great for an audio medium as we're flinging the car to each other. But it's basically like a map on the wall with a globe in like in sitting in front of it. Right. And for the six of swords being sort of about embarking on a new journey, it feels very like, like organized planning rather Mm -hmm. than frantic in some ways, but also I have a thing for old maps as Esther knows, based (laughs) on my background, whenever we do these, I also have a giant map of Canada in front of me. A gl- an antique globe collection downstairs. Like I'm a very map interested person, which is great because my husband is an actual geographer. So that works well. Um, but I just love the giant sort of yeah. academic map on the, it's just such a cool car. Yeah. And it just, it kind of builds that excitement for the journey and not like a dread that usually that car yeah. kind of has. And we love a six of swords that is about like enthusiastic yeah. change. Yeah. 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 All right. What's your next favorite? Uh, I'll just keep going. The sword suit. Seven of swords is like this beetle on this piece, like this letter. And to me, this is just, it just kind of um, solidifies that information gathering that we like. And, you know, of that seven of swords and not like the, the beetle is still in the letter, like sort of (laughs) interpretation. (laughs) I completely agree. (laughs) So anyway, I just love a good beetle. Because beetles are cool and beetles um, are cool, and I just it it is just and it also has the seven of swords mo- motif on f- there from the Terre de Marseille. Here mm-hmm. I'll, I'll pop it back up again one more time. So there's a motif there. Oh yeah, there's a beetle. And what so. Esther means when she says that is how on the Terre de Marseille it's like the curved sword. So for the seven, it's like three on either side and then one straight sword in the middle. Yeah. So it's still really iconographic and like being able to tell exactly what it means. Mm-hmm. Without it being literal swords like stabbed, in right? The exactly. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's more interesting. I think so too. And one of the most interesting cards I think in the whole deck is the Eight of Swords, and it's just barbed wire with a mm-hmm. brick wall. And I just think that's so like we of course associate Eight of Swords with feeling trapped, but I just really love that visual representation because it's kind of arresting with the color mm-hmm. palette that's here and that and gray how brown and simple. Yeah. And which I think is kind of cool in a self isolation way because. Like the it's a little that card is a little bit less like self isolated, but uh-huh. also like brings into question like what does a wall really do? Right, what does right. a wall really mean? Like mm-hmm. how are these structures put up around us? Right, because it's just a really cool card. Because it's not like razor barbed wire; it's just like two pieces of barbed wire on a brick fence that you could easily jump over if you so chose to. Well, but even so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's just it's, such a cool yeah, card. Yeah, it's a cool card. And since most of them have so many different layers of stuff, having something that's so straightforward, mm-hmm. like this is a wall, is really cool. Yes, yes. It makes those cards more meaningful. Yes, exactly. Um, And then all the rest for me are majors. I really like the oh, high, high priestess as like the, like there's an Egyptian, I believe probably a goddess that's on this mm-hmm. table flanked by... It's either phallic symbols or it's a sphinx. They're candles. No, can't, nope. They're they're what's George Washington? Uh, obelisk. The obelisk. Thank you. <laughs> George, George Washington. Washington is an obelisk. <laughs> 
the Washington this is, Monument. This is, this is the level of English that I'm at. Yeah, we're playing. We're basically playing charades. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's at this okay. point. So, but I just, I just really thought it was a very cool way to depict the high priestess, kind of. Yeah, because it's sort of mysterious yeah. and mystical and stuff. And just like that peering into this room, like you've just opened this this big wooden door, and the door. Well, and that's how freaking... a lot of the major arcanas and the court mm-hmm. cards feel in general. Like you yes. just walked into a room and you're sort of experiencing an overwhelming amount of like things yeah. in a really interesting way that makes you want to like Explore. walk in and start picking stuff up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially okay, so like the next card that leads us to the emperor. This is like a giant yeah, what library. The hell? I've never loved an emperor. We have it's, never had an emperor card as one of our favorites. And I, I know have this is one of my favorites it's, too. I mean, cause it's, I mean, it's just gorgeous and it just kind of says the structure of the emperor without being an asshole about it. Right. It's like a big <laughs> solid wood desk in front of a gigantic bookshelf. There's a bust of probably Zeus or something, some like male God figure um, and then a globe and a astronomy globe. Mm-hmm. And it just feels so strong. The colors are all really dark, but it's really, really lush. And I think that the emperor having so many books in it mm-hmm. is really awesome because it turns the emperor from being like, oh, I'm just the ruler to sort of like that scholar ruler yes. that like the Renaissance was obsessed with of like, I am a learned ruler. Like yeah. I am a wise ruler. And I really like that addition to the emperor. Yeah, I do too. It was, it was a nice surprise to flip through that. Um, my next card is the star. Did you see the Greek pot in the star that's at the very yeah. bottom there? And it's yeah. like a motif of probably Dionysus head or something like spitting out water into this pot. Right. Into an amphora. And it's like a fountain. Almost. Yeah. It's like a fountain. Like a fountain in a garden. In a which garden. again, perfect secret garden vibes. Exactly. So I just, I just, the, I teach a lesson on Greece at least once a year to fifth graders. And I always talk about the Greek pots and how they have a story on the Greek pots. And so I just, I just liked it for personal reasons. I don't, I, ha- I don't have to have like a reason for the, for like in the card, but no, for it's your reasons. favorites girl. There's no explanation needed. I think the, the best card of the deck, probably like the most Ooh. interesting card of the deck is the tower. Oh, because if you see on the sides here, so it's like a big open window and you can see like a tower in the distance here. But on the yeah. sides, there are different masks from different cultures. So it's almost like oh, the, cool. the destruction of tower all these of civilizations Babel. before. Yeah. And so I just thought that was really interesting because it's like, you know, there looks like an Aztec mask, a Japanese mask, a Greek mask. It has like six different masks at least. And to me, it's like these civilizations will, will crumble and fall, mm-hmm. but someone else will come in next to rebuild. And yeah. there's that sort of like, you know, passing on of that sort of lineage sort of thing. So right, I thought that was right. a really s- smart way to do that card and kind of like incorporate history and culture totally. and stuff like that. So those yeah. are my favorites. And it feels more like the Tower of Babel story. A exactly. Bit with yeah. All the different like languages being represented by masks. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what were your other favorite cards? So two of them were the Emperor and the Six of Swords. My other two minor cards were the Two of Coins and the Two of Cups. Okay. Both of these are a little bit more simplified, but I just really love the begonias and the two of coins. I think that oh, the yeah. balance of having these sort of like rivets drilled into a brick wall, hanging mm-hmm. up something that's a little bit delicate is kind of cool because it sort of is like that component of like being careful that the two mm-hmm. of um, coins sometimes doesn't totally incorporate. Yeah. And then the two of cups I just love because I fucking love this garden so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, It's, it's so just pretty. a really beautiful sort of like traditional English garden in some ways with these sort of like uh, obelisk hedges. And it just feels like a day that I would like to sit in. Like yeah. a giant 
sort of Go vase filled with all these tea. flowers. Just so yeah. sit outside. It just is so comfy looking. Yeah. And then my other two are major arcadas. I really liked the hanged man. Oh, because yes. There's that perpetual motion machine, but it's stopped. Like, mm-hmm. you know, those things that you have in elementary schools where it's like a line of six balls and you pick up one and it knocks against the other and knocks the other one over. Yeah. So it's that sort of machine, but stagnant. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of looks like the Vitrullian man almost. Yes. Uh, with a sun halo for the hanged man. Yes. So it feels very Renaissance. And I just think it's really interesting. There's all these different like types of oak leaves and berries mm-hmm. and stuff surrounding it. And it's, it's just really, really pretty. Yeah. I and put then that last... one back. Cause all the, well, oh. I, I just loved all the foliage. I was like, Esther, you can't yeah, just the like foliage the foliage. Is so good. <laughs> so. Hey, whatever. That's our thing. <laughs> we can like it for the foliage. And then I also really liked the magician because it reminded me a tiny bit of Pamela Coleman Smith because it's oh, a little yeah. miniature theater. Oh, but also yeah. there's like all of these handicrafts. There's like a quilt mm-hmm. behind and all of the tools, obviously, on the foreground, but it feels very creation-y. Yeah. Like, somebody created this play, somebody created the quilt behind it, and it feels very, like, sort of outward expression, like, yeah. how to get things done, which I really, really like. That and the colors quilt. are pretty. I just I, love yeah. the green. Mm-hmm. It's so good. As a quilter in a past life, the quilts are awesome. And it's just an art form, so I love that it yeah, was included. It's such an art form. I've never been a quilter. I don't. I don't have the patience <laughs> for it, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And then for my hot cards, and this category is so amorphous because basically it's cards that I like, but not enough to be my favorite. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I have a lot of the swords, mostly just to point out the swords symbolism. Oh yeah. But I especially really like the two of swords being this little bird that's outside of its bird cage. So it's kind of like there's still some of that like rest and indecision, but a little bit more freedom. Mm -hmm. Yes. I really love that one too. And then I also really liked the eight of cups because one of my favorite things in some eight of cups is how organized it is. Like you're leaving, but everything's organized. And I think because of how much I love the whole secret garden nature of the deck, Having it be like basically a shed with eight stacked terracotta pots and all of uh-huh. these tools is really like somebody just left, but they set everyone up to be able to be successful in this. Yeah. Area, which I love. That is cool. And then my last hot card is the five of coins, which I really like because it does look a little bit like bedraggled as a five oh, of coins yeah. is wont to do. Uh-huh. But I really like this little element of life that's mm-hmm. still there. So it looks like a abandoned shed, but then hanging right in the doorway is like a strand of coins in graduated colors, yeah. which makes it seem more lively than mm-hmm. just like the sorrow that normally is associated with the five of coins. So yeah. and this in some ways it's almost like making the best of a bad situation rather than mm-hmm. just like poverty. Yeah, yeah. It's so cute. I just love it. Did you have any other cards you wanted to talk no, about? No, I didn't have any ha huh cards just just because. Because you follow rules. And my yeah. ha huh has stopped being a ha. Huh. It started being a... Like a sub cool thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> so our relationship with the deck. I'm definitely leaving this out for oh, yeah. the next couple of months because I'm into it. It is such a good fall deck. Oh, I got the sun. Thank you. Oh, That's so sweet. Oh. I love the floor of the sun too cuz it's just like this patterned sun on the ground. This tiled sun. Oh, yeah, so I pretty. do like. The elements of like 
texturing of things mm-hmm. is really great. And I got the King of Cups. Ooh. Oh, but that's the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Oh, yes, so all right. of the court cards are like the image of the court figure in a mirror or portrait within oh, yes. these sort of like walls. So either garden walls or inside of the house or whatever. And then they're flanked by things that are relevant towards the symbolism for that suit. And that's mm-hmm. for all of the court cards. So it feels way less like focused on the person yes. and more focused on the environment that the person is in, which mm-hmm. I really think is a super strong choice. For yeah. Cards. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's just a really solidly like artistic deck, but also super thoughtful. Yeah. It's not just, you know, sometimes art put on a, hard just to get a paycheck this is very well thought right. out and i'm so glad that joe decided to continue I at least know, for one too. more run of this deck so joe we love you so much <laughs> seriously like top creators for us so yeah and i think it's partially because the feeling i mean we all know that our time on this planet is so fleeting and mm-hmm. especially in the just like complete horrific tragedy of the last yeah. 18 months like there are so many people whose art is not going to be seen mm-hmm. and who have left behind grieving brothers who yeah. are looking at their art going what the hell am I supposed to do with this stuff right, and right. I just think it's so beautiful that Joe has taken so much time of his own life to commemorate his brother in this way mm-hmm. and we're just so lucky that yeah. that happened and that yeah. we still have access to it so totally anyway we appreciate this deck a lot and I really I don't know I just think it's like the perfect fall deck it is I think it I think it like hit an itch we didn't know we had yeah and I think autumn decks are really hard because some of them are like let's just say the Halloween decks that exist are few and far between and often like not quite the vibe that we want and Mm -hmm. this is like not cartoonish it's just like a beautiful serious autumnal gorgeous deck yes exactly yes Love it. Well, that's our show. Don't forget to send us your questions. You can find all of our contact information at wildlytarot.com, including a form with which to submit questions. And speaking of, if you submitted a question with a specific time period over the summer when we weren't recording new episodes the whole time, please submit a new question because some of them said like two weeks or whatever. And I don't want to include those because it's been so much longer than two weeks. Right, right, right. So if you submitted a question that we haven't already answered that you submitted over the summer, and you think that the time difference or the time to response is fine to still do it, uh-huh. just drop us a note to let us know. Yeah. Yeah. And also tell your friends about us and rate and review us. It helps us grow. And any five-star review is much, much greatly so appreciated. So much appreciated. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Wildly Tarot Podcast or join our Facebook community by searching for Wildly Tarot Podcast on Facebook. And you can also join our Discord server if Facebook isn't Love your it. thing. Exactly. And we have a we have merch on our Red Bubble shop that has tons of cool stuff. So many cool things. I mean, you can get a cell phone case with our cartoon faces on it if you want. <laughs> or a mug. You can get a mug that Lots says, of be the world you wish to world in the world. In the world, which is a <laughs> quote that everyone needs to have in their life. You just have so, to remember. It's yeah. a very important fact. It is. But all the links are to everything is in our show notes. So check it out there. Awesome. And remember, go forth and tear wildly. We love you. We love so you so much. much. <laughs> Have a great day!